See you later, Santa. Bye. Thanks for all these awesome gifts. Wow, sure was a great Christmas. Hey, I have a gift for you. <laughs> I have a gift for you. Here, it's just for you. It's a dirty laptop. And then we travel to a small town to meet a three-year-old girl out for a walk with her nanny. She's taken this walk many times, this little girl. And she always finds the sights and sounds so, so wonderful. But everything changed when she began to hear two men screaming for help. And they both knew her name. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having a very Merry Christmas. I don't know how many people are actually listening to this on Christmas Day, but if you do, save me some leftovers. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays are just a fine day to you. It's all good. We got a lot of stuff to cover today, but first off... Let's take a look at this theme music that's playing right now. Once again, we got another seasonal song by Hombres de la Cebola, The Onion Men. They produced our Halloween track, and now they're doing this Christmas track. Awesome. I love this stuff. It's fantastic work. And then the photo is me. For, this has a kind of a long story behind it, but basically, I have a buddy who's a professional Santa he had a gig lined up with a dog charity. They did something for dogs, like dog racing or dog feeding or dog breeding. I don't remember what it was. But anyways, uh, we bumped into each other and he goes, dude, can you be Santa? Can you be Santa for four hours? I can't do this whole dog thing. I have to work. So, yeah, I was Santa at a dog factory. I, don't, I mean, I don't, know what, <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was dog trafficking. They're like, oh, these great Danes bring a good price overseas. People were bringing their dogs in to take photos with Santa. I love dogs. Uh, dogs don't love me. Uh, a lot of them do. They, they think I'm kind of cool, but they can sense my uneasiness around them. There was I had a fight with the dog ones. I could have died. But anyways, I'll put that episode in the show notes. The reason why I bring that horrible memory back up is that I think if you zoom in on this photo just enough, you can see... That's a very cute dog next to me. It's a medium-sized dog. You don't need to zoom in for that. But if you zoom in close enough, you might see a little bit of fear in my eyes, a little bit of trepidation as person after person kept bringing in their pets to take photos next to Santa. I think we were raising money for a shelter. That makes more sense than raising money for a dog breeding factory. But yeah, so there's the story behind that Christmas photo, Santa photo. But someone who doesn't need to give a long explanation every time a photo is posted running into Dead Rabbit Radio command right now is you. You are going to be our captain, our pilot of this episode. You, because you are the reason why Dead Rabbit Radio exists. Really, really appreciate it. Whether this is your first episode, you're like, I've never listened to this podcast before and now I'm the reason it exists. Awesome. Whether you've been listening since episode one or you are a brand new listener today, I really, really appreciate your support over the years or over this next hour if this is your first episode. So I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. It's decked out like Santa's sleigh with, with, with eight living reindeer strapped to the front. 
We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Radio Command to mush those reindeers all the way out to a house in the suburbs. I don't know what type of sound I don't know what type of sound a reindeer would make. Rudolph at the front, his nose a glowing. We're about to meet this uh, young man. He didn't give his name. We'll call him Andy. And he had this uh, laptop playing his games. Whoa, dude, Rocket League's the best. Look at me do this 360 twice. That's a 720. Wow. Ball goes into the goal or whatever. Playing his video games. So anyways, his laptop craps out. And he goes, oh, okay. I'm going to get a new laptop. But he goes, I don't really want a new laptop. I'll just go on eBay and see if I can find a used laptop. You know, save a little money. And he's looking around, and he comes across a gaming laptop that's surprisingly cheap. So you think it's going to be a scam, right? Scam alerts going off. He's looking at this laptop. He goes, it's actually what I need. The price is too good to be true. I'll message the seller. Message the guy selling it. So he starts talking back and forth to the seller, and he's asking questions like, hey, man, like, how long have you had this laptop for? And the guy would respond in really weird ways. Super vague. He'd be like, how long have, how long have laptops been invented for? Well, somewhere in between that and today. I've owned this laptop. He's like, what? Very weird phrases to pretty dry cut questions. Why are you selling it? Uh, uh, you know, what's the condition like? Stuff like that. He said, not only would the seller give me vague answers, he would often... Throw in the phrase, <laughs> so funny, okay, man, like, this this is story kind of worries me. This is one of those stories that I hope is real. It sounds so bizarre. It could be fake, but it also is, I hope it's not real. This is one of those stories, because if this is real, this guy's in some serious trouble. But here's the thing. We talked in yesterday's episode about following your gut when you're encountering these weird things. He's trying to buy this laptop, this surprisingly cheap laptop off of eBay. The guy's being super vague and sketchy about it, but sometimes when he's answering a question, the seller would respond with, more. I want more. And not like money. It's not like, I'll give you 500 bucks. He's like, "Eh, more, I want more. It's like, hey, how's this laptop perform? Well, it works like any laptop. More. I want more. <laughs> like, follow. You gotta be like, there's something wrong with this guy. Why does he keep saying more? I want more. He doesn't say it every single time. You're like, buy seller. And he's like, more. I want more. But you should never. The only time that is cap- that only time that's acceptable is if you go, I'll give you 500 bucks. And they say more. I want more. But even then, you don't say it like Igor. You don't have to say it all creepy. Just be like, nah, I need a little bit more than that. He said he talked strange, all this stuff. Anyways, this guy's like, the laptop's in excellent condition. And Andy's like, well, then why is he even selling this? Like, this is so weird. But maybe he just wants more. Maybe he just wants more of something. Fine, whatever. I will buy it. So Andy buys this laptop off of this dude. And it's supposed to show up in like a week. And it doesn't. And then another week passes and it doesn't. And he's like, dude, did I get scammed? Like, how dumb? How dumb must I feel that I transferred all this money 
He did say he wanted more. He probably meant more money. Now I'm scammed. But eventually it does show up. He's surprised when this laptop that he bought shows up. And he's like, woohoo, now I'm going to open up my laptop and I'm going to start playing some more video games. He opens it up and it's super dirty. And when I say that, it's literally dirty. (laughs) It has dirt on it and like on top of the keyboard. He says it looks like someone took a laptop. They probably did this. Took this laptop and threw it on the ground, threw it in the dirt. He goes, it was that much dirt. What's so funny is later on in this narrative, he does supply video evidence of his story. You can see the laptop. (laughs) The laptop still has little dirt clods all over it. Because he gets this and he's like, what in the world? It's dirt. I, I guess I should be relieved. I didn't get scammed. But it, why, is it so, why is it so dirty? It's the one thing you don't expect a laptop to be. is dirty or wet. Anyways, oh, great. So he opens it up and the webcam is missing. You know, that little built-in web camera? It's removed. I didn't even know you could do that. I mean, I guess I figured you could, but the amount of effort, you'd have to pop off the casing and then pull it. Like, what would be the point of removing the webcam from this laptop? Andy said a couple of the keys were missing. So, technically, you did get your laptop, but I will also say you probably got scammed, bro. I don't know how much you paid for it, but it should at least have all of its keys. He plugs it in. There's zero apps installed save one. The only thing that's on there is Google Chrome. And there's a folder on the desktop. And this folder was named 2-378 Rockta Troy Archive. And here's the thing. When I read this narrative a couple different times, each time I was like, I hope this isn't an ARG. I hope this isn't an ARG. Because I don't like them. I think they're fine for people to do. I'm not anti-ARG. I just don't like covering them because I feel like they're perfectly designed intrigue generators, right? It's a mystery. But all mysteries that you can... Like, if you can perfectly manufacture a paranormal story... So it hits all the right points. Well, those are great when we call them horror novels. ARGs are fine. I think they're really cool. I just don't like to cover them on the show. I was like, I really hope this is an ARG. I actually threw that into a search engine, that 2-378. There was no other record. This was kind of weird. There is not a single other record of that phrase anywhere on the internet. Nothing even close. I was like, that that does make me think it's an original file folder. It doesn't mean it's not an ARG, but that's fascinating. Um, it, in this folder, there were two video clips. There was a 30-second video and a 10-minute video. So Andy clicks on the 30-second video, and I watched it too. <laughs> I watched it too, due diligence. You know, I was like, oh, man. I clicked on the video. It's a muscular, bare-chested man. He's tatted up, and he's restrained. He's like, arms are strapped down, presumably legs strapped down. We don't see below his waist, but I think he has pants on. I mean, we can only hope. 
and he's tied up and he's being tickled. He's laughing really hard. What we see is actually the video being played on the laptop and Andy has his cell phone and he's recording the video off of the laptop onto his cell phone. So there's about a second generation quality lost. But when he's doing that, we do see how dirty the laptop is. It's pretty dirty. We do see that. Yeah, it's just an MP4 file labeled 1210. And then it has parentheses 2 and then parentheses 1, which generally means it's a duplicate, but who knows? It could be a code. I really hope it's not an ARG. Well, here's the thing. I kind of do, because what happens is this 30-second video of this mustachioed man, he's being tickled really, really hard by another dude tickling his rib cage. He's laughing. He's having a grand old time. I hate being tickled. But anyways, and then the video continues, and he's still being tickled, and then... It just ends. That's the 30-second video. It looks like the desktop. Well, that's the 30-second video. So he watched that, and he's like, well, that's super weird. There is a tickling fetish community. There was a great documentary called Tickled. I did a Dead Rabbit Radio recommends on years ago. It's one of the... I want to say one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. I don't think it reaches that level as far as the art of a documentary, but it's definitely one of the most intriguing documentaries I've ever seen. I'll give it another hearty Dead Rabbit Radio recommends for that documentary, Tickled. But you see a crossover with the tickled fetish community and uh, muscular gay men. Or in that documentary, muscular straight men as well being tricked into it. It's a fascinating documentary, but... We do have that tickle fetish community. So when you get this laptop, you're like, that's weird that this is on there. It's weird that it's covered in dirt. It's weird that there's nothing installed but Google Chrome and this video. But remember, there's a 30-second clip. Then there's a 10-minute long clip. Andy, after being kind of confused and possibly aroused by the first video, he watches the 10-minute video. And... It's just a, a 10 minute long video of a guy being tickled until the last 10 seconds where the muscular man who is restrained and is being tickled this entire time, he is still in that pose. He still can't move. You see a knife appear from off screen and plunge deep into his chest. He links the 30-second clip. Like I said, you can view that. He goes, I didn't want to post the whole 10-minute clip. He goes, I don't even really want to describe what I saw. He goes, I'm afraid Reddit might shut down my account. But this is, like, what do I do? What do I do? I bought a laptop from a guy who's already acting weird. He has a video of a homemade murder on it. I mean, some it looks like some weird fetish video that ends with a guy getting stabbed to death. This guy knows where I live. This guy gave him my address. I bought a laptop from a weirdo. What was I expecting? He goes on to say, quote, I can't help but wonder where and why this horrifying incident took place. It's starting to consume my thoughts and I'm unsure what to do next. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing he could possibly do. He then continues, should I request a refund for the laptop? <laughs> no, why did you cut off all contact with this guy? Should I request a refund for the laptop or involve the police? I would greatly appreciate any advice. And there was really only two other people 
who were responding to this. And one was like, yeah, yeah, go to the police and tell them everything and write everything down and try to catch this guy. And the other one was like, just ignore it. Which I don't think you can have any further advice from those two. Here's the thing. If it's a LARP, if it's an ARG, I'm sorry for wasting your time. The things that make me think it could be that, the narrative's believable. There are videos like this out there is that he describes the knife that this guy gets stabbed with as a bizarre, ancient-looking knife. And this is one of those cases where you're dealing with weirdos on the internet. You bought a laptop. This dude knows your address. When I was reading this story, my imagination went to, oh no, and now Andy's next. Like whoever, <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the ring, but... Instead of watching the Chris videotape, you buy a dirty laptop. Instead of a little girl crawling out of a television, you get tickled and then stabbed to death. I was like, what if you get the laptop? <laughs> the guy, here's the thing. You could say it's paranormal. He literally has your address. You get the laptop, you find the video, and then later on, you wake up and you're strapped to a bed. And you're getting tickled. Here's the thing. <laughs> you're like, Jason, this wouldn't work. Because, sure, you might be able to fool the first guy. Because he doesn't know what's going on. Maybe he likes being tickled. Maybe that's his fetish. But if you then if you then bought a dirty laptop, watched this video, and then at a later date found yourself tied up and being tickled, you wouldn't think, oh, this is fun. Oh, this is pretty fun. I love being tickled. No, because you would know what was going to happen. You know that you're going to get stabbed. And then next time there's two video clips. Some guy's like, man, I really need a laptop. And what if each time they kill you, they remove one key for the first letter of your name? That's why there were a couple keys already. (laughs) The 27th guy, he's like, what? Slaptop has zero letters on it. Luckily, my name is Kama Smith. I mean, obviously, like that could be. Now, now I'm just writing spooky stories. But that's what I thought. I go, what if this is the way of passing on the, the curse of the tickle torture? I mean, it's also possible. Here's the thing. That could be. That's unlikely. <laughs> it's unlikely possible. I think I would be more worried about let's say it's some let's say you could probably search maybe you could google mustached okay muscular man tickled <laughs> doing it at work you're like oh man this episode sure is intriguing hey boss i'm gonna check something out on this work computer muscular man tickled laughing big muscles stabbed knife dies you type that in at work you work you work in a sports stadium, you're typing that all into the billboard. Like, what? What does that mean? And then this video starts playing of this guy on the Jumbotron. He's like, ha ha. You could probably find this video in existence or a version of it. But here's the thing. Let's say that it could be that this guy downloaded this video off the internet. But it's also possible that he filmed it. The guy who originally owned this laptop filmed that video himself committed this murder and then you know like a couple years pass and he's like oh man i'm looking at getting more i need more hmm i think i'm gonna sell that laptop over there and he's like 
digging through the dirt. He's like, where did I put that laptop? I don't remember. He's like, oh, here it is. I left it right outside where I thought it did. He's kicking the dirt off of it. And he goes, you know what? I need more. I'm going to sell this. And then, like, later on, he sells it. Takes him a couple weeks. He ships it off. And then he's uh, sitting at home. And he's like, oh, man, you know what I miss? You know what I feel like watching today? I could watch some episodes of Monk. But I feel like watching that snuff video I shot a year or two ago. Oh, yeah, good old snuff. That'll that'll get the blood pumping out of them. Out of my toes. It goes all over the room. And so... He's like, oh, where did I put that snuff video? Mm-hmm. He's looking around and he goes, oh, no, <laughs> oh, no, my snuff, my private snuff collection. I left it on that computer that I sold to that guy that I have his address. <laughs> I have his address. I know where he lives. So here's the thing. It's either a weird, it could be a LARP. story could be totally made up. Sure. This was posted by a guy online going by the name Humble Dimension 461. It's a two-year-old account and mostly, very few posts, mostly about Gary's mod and then some drill songs, some new form of rap or drum and bass or whatever. Could be a lark, could totally be made up, sure. And if that's the case, I apologize for wasting your time. If it is a true story, if you actually did come across this video, Best case scenario is some weirdo downloaded it off the internet, left it on that computer, because it was right on the desktop. Everything else was cleared except for Google Chrome and that folder. So it's not like he found it deep in the My Documents. That folder's right there. He either downloaded it off the internet for some weird reason. He likes watching men get tickled and then stabbed to death. And then he sells the computer and doesn't think twice about it. That's the best case scenario is you bought a computer from a guy who likes snuff porn, which on a scale of good and bad, that is not a good place to start. Then you have the idea that he might have filmed that, that that might have been not just something he downloaded. He actually made that video. It was on that computer. He sold to you and now you're in possession of it. You have the computer of someone who doesn't watch snuff, but makes snuff videos. I want to reiterate again, he has your address. That's the worst part of the story. He knows where you live. But then the worst case scenario is, this is how he finds new victims. <laughs> you're sitting there, you're like, oh, put on a little bit of Christmas weight. You put on a couple pounds. I better hit the gym. And you start working out. Dun, 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 dun. for motivation you're watching that video you're like oh that's my goal body you know what's so funny (laughs) i keep i feel bad because if this story is real this guy was murdered i don't know why i keep making snuff jokes see part of it is is that i think at the back of my mind i don't want this to be real this is one of those stories that i i hope is i hope it's not a larp or an arg because that's a waste of our time. But on the other hand, the, the other part of the story it involves a guy enjoying or making snuff. So I think that's, I think I'm kind of making jokes to kind of counterbalance just that evil of it. But anyways, you're working out and you are like, oh, I finally fit. And that's when you go, oh, you know what? I need to work out as my obliques. You're kind of looking at your muscles on your side. And a guy shows up in your house and he's like, ooh, uh, you know, a good way to work out your obliques is tickling (laughs) and by then you forgot all about the fact 
fetish. You forgot all about the murder video. And you're like, hmm, I haven't seen that online. He's like, yeah, if you tickle, you get tickled, it really helps. Um, lay down on this, lay down on this contraption that I just wheeled it into your house. I'm a traveling physical therapist. You're like, yeah. And then he straps you down and then he's tickling you and then he stabs you to death. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? They're all terrible scenarios. This is one of those rare stories that I kind of hope is fake. Best case scenario, a guy who watches snuff knows where you live. Worst case scenario, you're his next victim because he doesn't just watch it. He makes it. And if that's not a Christmas episode, if this isn't, I totally forgot. I, oh, oh, Santa's all stripped. Y'all tickling Santa. Oh, his belly moved like jelly. I totally forgot this was a Christmas episode. But anyways, terrifying story. Oh, and I should say this was posted back uh, early December 2023. Andy has not posted since. He didn't have a huge posting history before, but nothing since. So, wish you the best, Andy. Totally creepy story. Hope you're wasting our time, because otherwise it's just a chilling reminder of the evils of the world. Episode, you're like, oh man, the episode that I'm flying all the vehicles, super depressing. Clearly, the next segment will be full of holiday spirit. And I turn and I go, well, you're right on one count. I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We're going to leave behind this house in the suburbs. Fly us all the way out to a small town. You land the carpenter copter, and we all hop out and we're looking around. It's a nice. Little neighborhood. We don't have an exact location for this story. We don't even have an exact country, which can make it scarier. Maybe this story takes place next door to you. Not next door to me. I don't want it to be that close to me, but maybe next to you. As you step out of the carpenter copter, you're like, wait, wait a second. This place looks familiar. My house is just right down that street. We're about to meet a father. We're going to go ahead and call him Carl. And he's married to this woman, but she's blind. When their daughter, a little girl we'll call Monica, who's only three years old. So when their three-year-old daughter, who we will call Monica, when she wants to go for walks on the weekends, they have this thing where their nanny takes little Monica out for a walk through the area. And the way he described this was there's this alleyway that they live on and there's other houses on the other side of the alleyway. And if you follow this alley all the way down, you're going to hit a field with one farmhouse on it. And I I do think the story does not take place in America because he mentions this thing. He says, by this farmhouse in this field, there is a cave slash well. And he goes... <laughs> I can't think of any other way to translate it. He goes, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, but there's this cave slash well. So probably like a natural well. You throw a bucket down, old-timey bucket with a rope. We don't need wells nowadays. Water just <laughs> water just magically comes out of my faucet. I don't know where it comes from. Back in the old times, you got to throw down a bucket, pull all the water up. 
Anyways, cave slash well is out in this area, but it's closed off. It's been closed off for quite a while. Well, on this particular weekend, very recently, on this particular weekend, it had rained heavily, so there's a lot of puddles around the alleyway in the field. All along Monica's walk are these puddles of varying degrees of deepness. And this is December 10th, 2023, so very recent. Uh, Carl's sitting at home, and Monica comes back in. And she's three, right? She doesn't have the best vocabulary in the world. You're like, damn, Jason, are you going to do one of your little kid voices? Water! 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 She screams as she's coming into the house, and the nanny's, like, walking behind her, like, shrugging her shoulders. She's like, Monica's been freaking out about water, like, the whole walk back. Water, Daddy! Water! Water! And the nanny's like, there were some big puddles, but I don't... Like, I've never seen her get this freaked out about water before. No! We help them! We gotta help them! Carl's like, what in the world? I heard a man! I heard a man in the water! Okay, let's stop doing that voice, because she has a lot of stuff to say. Just, just, let's go to a normal voice. She comes back, she goes, Daddy, there, there's someone calling to me from the water. He's screaming. He's screaming, Daddy. He needs help. He knows my name. He knows my name's Monica. And I hear him going, Monica, Monica, help me. Carl's like, an odd conversation to say the least. Carl's like, do you not like the puddles? And she goes, this has nothing to do with puddles. This guy's screaming for help. Dad, he needs help. He needs a hand. He just needs a hand to getting out of the water. The nanny's like, I have no idea what she's talking about. I didn't see anything. Monica's like, no, I heard him. He was screaming my name. And there's another guy in there, too. There's another guy in there, and he's screaming my name, too. He's saying, please help. Please help us. There's two guys in the water. Daddy, you have to come. You have to help. You have to help. And she's sobbing at this point. She's sobbing because it's terrifying. And she, even though she's three years old, she's starting to pick up on that nobody, nobody knows what she's talking about. Nobody's taking her seriously. Daddy, he just needs a hand. We can help them. We can help both of them. And at this point, Carl's like, listen, Monica, sometimes puddles, sometimes when there's a lot of rain, puddles will form. She's like, it's not the puddles. This is not puddle-related. There are two men submerged in the water. They're screaming my name, and they say they need a hand to get out. They need help. They need help. She goes, one of them, his legs don't even work. He can't get out himself. His legs don't work. And at the mention of this detail, Carl feels a chill run down his spine. It'll be okay, Monica. It'll be okay. Um, Nanny, can you take her into the other room? Yeah, Monica, it'll be okay. But they need our help. I know, Monica, I know. They need our help, Daddy. I, I know. I know. Okay, this is such a terrifying ghost story. And truly is. My Christmas present to you. I recently found this story. 
Carl said, I never told my daughter any of this, because why would you ever tell a three-year-old what I'm about to tell you? He said, this cave well area, it's closed off nowadays, but that used to not be the case. Shortly after World War II, that's another reason why I think the story takes place somewhere in Europe, non-English speaking country, Poland, maybe something like that. He goes, shortly after World War II, there was a man in town in a wheelchair. One day he was out just wandering around, not like he has brain damage or anything like that, but you know, just out and about town in his wheelchair, and he accidentally fell into the well. His wheelchair went in, and he went in with it, and he died. He drowned. And the well has been sealed off ever since. So that would explain the story of a man in a well who screwed... Well, it wouldn't explain it. It's still very paranormal. But in a paranormal world... That would explain why a man is screaming from the well, because they're in this area, help me, help me, I need help. Get me out of here. I just need a hand, help me up. I can't do it myself. My legs don't work. Please help me, help me, help me. But why are there two voices coming from the water when only one man fell inside? And it's been sealed up ever since. Carl said a couple years ago, just a few years ago, there was a man living in that same lot. You have the alleyway with houses on both sides and then the farmhouse and this well area, this cave slash well area. Carl goes, just a couple of years ago, a man in a man in one of these houses here he killed himself. And he killed himself by taking a bunch of tranquilizers, drawing a bath, and then sitting there until he fell unconscious, slumped underneath the water, and drowned. So this is mind-bending and terrifying. You have two men that died decades apart. And they died in different circumstances, except they both involved water. Now listen, if the second guy had fallen into the well, or committed suicide by jumping into the well, it would be easier to say, these are the ghosts of two men who died in the well, screaming from the well, Help us, help us, we need your help. But that's not the case. The other guy, yes, did die of drowning, but he was a couple houses away. He was in a bathtub. And yet his soul is also trapped in the water. But not the water he died in. And to be fair, we're getting this testimony from a three-year-old girl. When she's saying they're in the water, they're in the water, they need help. 
we can contextualize it because we know one person died in the well. So the voices must be calling out from the well. But she's been on this walk multiple times before. This is after a heavy rain where there's puddles everywhere. Are the voices calling from the well or are the voices calling from the water? As in the puddles that line the alleyway. There's nothing else like this that I've ever come across in any ghost lore. The idea that the way you die, very typical in ghost lore, the way you die may be the way you haunt. People who are killed by hanging often appear with nooses. But it's not a haunted bathtub and then a haunted well. If we take Monica at her literal word, they're in the water, it could be that they're both in the well, which would be freaky enough that you can die 100, 200 yards away and then your ghost also ends up at the bottom of this pitch black well. That's been sealed off. Or it could be that their spirits actually inhabit any body of water in the area. But there's nothing like this on record. If this story is true, there's nothing like it. I found it posted online by... I mean, here's the thing. I always tell these stories and I was like, wow, we've never covered anything like this. And then I have to read off these goofy usernames. Bandicoot These 5116 And again, look through the posting history. There was nothing else like this. It was all normal talk and then just one out of the blue, absolutely bizarre paranormal story. And then just back to posting about normal stuff. If this story is true, it upends what we know or think we know about hauntings. Because it's not necessarily the way you die may be the way you haunt. It may actually thrust you i mean this is so weird you die in a bathtub your spirit's in a puddle i mean that's more terrifying right we're all on the same page bottom of a well absolutely creepy haunting a bathroom i mean i'm not a huge fan of bathroom ghosts myself i think that would be the creepiest place to see a ghost but imagine you killed yourself in your bathroom and now you're haunting a puddle outside like that's beyond cruel I wish I knew what country this took place in. I really wish I knew like where this story took place. All of these details. I can understand someone not wanting to be super forthcoming because it involves their three-year-old kid. Don't want a bunch of ghosts on her showing up. She's like, ah, ghosts, ghosts. She'll, she'll forget about this story. By the time she's seven, she won't even remember it. But her dad will always remember it. Will always remember it. I guess she'll still remember it if it keeps happening, but... Because it's possible that this is a one-off type of haunting because the area is soaked in some sort of energy that is actually throwing off the rules that we know. It's kind of like, I mean, I don't like to compare real-life paranormal stuff to movies, but it's kind of like that. It was a comic book, too, but the Flashpoint Paradox, where the Flash, (laughs) you're already getting ready to fast-forward 30 seconds, I'll keep it short. The Flash wants to save his mom's life, so he runs so fast, he goes back in time and saves his mom's life. But when he does that, he actually tilts the world by like a couple feet. And that's enough for 
he didn't know he was going to do this, but that's enough for Bruce Wayne to get shot in the alleyway instead of his parents. So Martha becomes the Joker and his dad becomes a gun-toting Batman. It's just enough so Superman doesn't crash land in Smallville. He crash lands into Metropolis, leaving a massive crater. He's then experimented on by the government for the next 20, 30 years. It's possible that things are just offset in this particular region. Because I've never come across anything like this before. We've had stories of people, they live in a house in Charlottesville. They're on a ship, like old-timey Civil War. They're on a ship. They get blown up, and their ghost haunts their house. That makes sense. We see a lot of stories like that. Abraham Lincoln's not haunting the Ford Theater. Abraham Lincoln is haunting the White House. We do see a lot of stuff like that happen. This would be the equivalent of Abraham Lincoln getting shot and then haunting a gun range a mile away. It's so odd. There's nothing else like it. And it's absolutely terrifying because just when you think you can kind of barely start to understand the rules of this paranormal world we find ourselves in a story like this pops up your cause of death i mean that's just so creepy to think you die you end up in a puddle or you end up in a well i mean it's creepy enough to die in a well and then you're haunting a well but imagine if 30 years after that well was sealed, you kill yourself, now you're haunting a well. And you could argue, I think there's a argument here that this might be a residual haunting. This is the lowest level of hauntings, although they can be the most vivid. They are not souls trapped. It is a recording of a specific event that plays out over and over again. It could just be these cries for help from the first man in the well. But the problem is... Those are, You can't do anything about those. You just have to wait them out. They can't hurt you. You can't communicate with them. But the fact that there's new information, right? Not only are there two voices calling out. So it's two separate ghosts that know each other. They're like, help us, help us. They know her name. Which adds a whole different creepiness factor to the story. You could arguably say that as the nanny and Monica were on their walk, the nanny would say Monica's name at least once or twice. Monica, watch out for that puddle. Watch out for that trapped soul. I see that face floating in there. Monica, are you having a good time? And the spirits would have heard this and then called out her name because they heard her name. That's the best option. The worst option is that they just know. They have, because this is something that's never been settled in ghost lore. How much do ghosts actually know? You imagine if they're in the afterlife, they would have communication with everyone else in the afterlife. But if they're a ghost trapped in a house and you ask them, my great aunt died three years ago. How's she doing? The ghost in the house would be like, I don't know. I'm trapped in this house. I have no idea. I can't even begin to answer that for you because they're cut off from that afterlife internet. 
Now, if you lived in a house with a ghost, you would assume that ghost would start to know your name, know your habits, know what you like to eat, just as any roommate would. But if it's ghost in the wild, if it's ghost outside of a location, outside your house, and they know these things and they're trapped, you can guess, one, they overheard her name. Because she had not had this experience before. She was so upset. It wasn't like this was the first time it rained, but it was the first time she heard them. They heard her name while they were out walking. They heard their name while Monica and the nanny were out walking. They heard the name that day. Two, that they do have some sort of ability. I think it's most likely the first one, but it's also possible that somehow there are ghosts that can tap in to this universal knowledge. When you contact a spirit with a Ouija board, those are usually demons, but when you contact a spirit with a Ouija board or a spirit board, you'll ask it questions and they'll either lie or they'll give you accurate information because they are tied into that afterlife internet. But these souls trapped in the water, they don't have that ability. So how did they know her name? And then we have to look at the creepiest version of the story is that these weren't just spirits but they were evil spirits because here's the thing i get it there are a lot of paranormal entities like ghosts that can communicate better with children they can have full-on conversations with kids a lot of times they think they're imaginary friends it's a lot harder for an adult. Like an adult has to train themselves, has to really work at being a medium. Either they're insanely gifted or they're a grifter. They're just guessing or it's something you train to do through meditation and stuff like that. But a child can do a lot of that stuff normally. I think it's because they don't have all those filters. They don't know what the universe is possible they don't know what's possible in the universe yet. They just think everything is. They turn on a television and they actually think there's tiny people in a box. Because that makes sense to them. That's what they're seeing. That totally makes sense to them. To tell them that a transmission is being beamed via a satellite to your internet provider. I don't actually know. I don't know how it works either. But my point is, is that... It's little lights in the back of your television set. They don't televisions don't do that anymore either. That's the old CRT, but it's easier to think. Well, of course, there's little people in my television set because the Santa Claus is because Santa Claus is real and the Tooth Fairy is real and Easter Bunny is real. So why wouldn't there be tiny people in the TV? Like all this stuff is possible. So I think that's why ghosts can communicate with them. These ghosts had to know they were scaring her. These ghosts had to know that they were traumatizing her. You're shouting out her name saying, help us, help us. It doesn't take a body language expert to tell that you're upsetting a three-year-old. It could have been that they were the only... It could have been that she was the only one that they could communicate with at that time, but it's also possible that they weren't asking her to go get help. They were asking her for help. And of course, a three-year-old girl reaching her hand into the water, whether it's a deep puddle or wandering off towards that well. She's not going to be able to do nothing. She's got three-year-old muscles, baby muscles, literally baby muscles. 
If they're saying, Monica, you got to help us just reach down, reach down and help us pull us out of here. Yeah, pull us out of here. We've been trapped. Help us, Monica, please. We're trapped. We're trapped. You have to ask yourself, is it possible that these entities weren't looking for a way out? But they were looking for a way to pull Monica in. And they failed, right? Monica went back home. And Monica's safe and sound. But tomorrow's another day. And then the day after that. And the week after that. And months and years go on. As long as Monica lives in this area, she's at risk. They've already been haunting the darkness. Just because she didn't reach her hand into the water on December 10th, 2023, means that she never will. Someday the cries for help may become too much. And she does decide to stick her arm into the water. A child drowns. A family mourns. A community remembers. But time marches on ever still. However, years from now, when a new family moves into the area, and they have a child walking along this alleyway, they may hear the sound of three voices. Two men and a little girl, screaming. Just reach in and help us. Just reach in. We need your help. Please. We need to get out of here. Just reach your hand in. Pull us up. We're begging you. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm so glad you listened to it today. Have a Merry Christmas. I love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow.